listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey, hey, this is Josh Richmond, and you are listening to the Voice of Survival podcast, exclusively on the Journey into Comics Network. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another Voice of Survival podcast. As the intro said, I'm your host, Nate. Today, we're celebrating the big one. It's episode 10. I can't believe I got here on this podcast. I had to fake it once on episode 8 and kind of give you guys a bullshit cast, but that's how podcasting works sometimes in this wild world. Today, I'm going to get right into it. I have, I you know, actually, I teased this on episode was that episode eight? It was episode eight. I teased episodes 10's guest on episode eight. I said I'd have him. You guys know him from all over the Journey into Comics network. He's been featured in Journey into Comics multiple times doing metal casts and other things. He's a member of Brews with Dudes for the most part. I feel like he's like technically a co-host, but doesn't have to be. I don't know if that makes sense. And then, of course, he is the birthing reason of the network really because podcastrophy is kind of what sparked us to push this even further your interest of creating a new podcast mixing with what we had kind of intended on doing it just kind of seemed like this perfect amalgamation so today joining me on the voice of survival my good friend uh dick blaine tyner dick tyner blaine i don't know i call you all various amalgamations of that dr Dr. dongo yeah uh, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. This has been a great weekend so far. Yeah, man. Uh, you're up in my neck of the woods, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, second time you've been here. Yeah. Had to do the math on that one. Uh, the <laughs> Phantom is with you this weekend, yep. which is nice. Uh, I love that that's a thing now. We have this like Phantom character yep. of the network. Uh, <laughs> At first been... it was Silent Rob, and now it's... And now it's the Phantom. <laughs> See, Silent Rob has evolved. He, he might have even changed shape. Who knows? Oh, no. Uh, so today we're getting down to it. As always, I want to talk about how I met you. So I want to go back. Oh, shit. If you're talking journey into comics land, it would have been around episode 40. It was probably a week before episode 40 came out. Uh, I drove down to Lafayette. Yeah. And I met Brando at Subaru. And it was second shifters. Hey, yeah. You guys are coming out of work. I'm parked there. At the time, I literally only know Brando. I've heard Nick and I've heard Mike. They had done uh, Surge and Crispy M&Ms with Brando. Mm-hmm. That was 
the first episode I listened to. Of you JSC. hadn't been a part of the network yet no. at this time. You come in between forty and fifty. I think one of those episodes is a Brando cast metal cast. I think it's forty-one, yeah. maybe. I will. It doesn't matter. I digress. So, I went to the parking lot, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I think I sat there for like an hour and ten minutes because again, time changed the uh-huh. whole thing. It was. It's still kind of fresh to me. So you guys get out, walk over, and I think we sat outside the parking lot for like 50 minutes shooting the shit between you, Nick, myself. Mike was there for a few minutes. He left. Brando was there. I think Matt Milliken might have been there for a couple minutes. I knew mm-hmm. Matt from the another earlier uh, episode of Journey into Comics when we did Ghost Hunt. So I met you there for like a tenth of a second. Don't really get your personality. Haven't really yeah. really got you. It was kind of the Nick show at that time. <laughs> he was like... He, he does tend to do that. And, you know, that's fine. That's, that's, just, that's his, just him. That's just his personality. So the very next day, we went to Mike and Joanna's to do a blind taste test and everything. And to my surprise, you're there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, cool. We should hang out. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to help out. I didn't... I didn't necessarily want to invite myself onto whatever you guys were doing, but I wanted to be there to help out with whatever. Turns out I didn't do anything. And see, I assumed Brando <laughs> just invited all his work friends to do this thing. I was like, fuck yeah, the more the merrier. Right. Like, let, that's my that's been my philosophy with podcasting is just bring all of the people. Like, you remember, you were part of episode yeah. 50. Yeah. Think about that. That, that was, was crazy. That was a lot of fun. Uh, nine different people on that episode. So I met you there briefly and then again, I the first time I'm like really hearing your voice as a podcaster, it's Dear Diary Mood Apathetic. And you're like <laughs> a fucking mile away from the microphone. You guys had mic trouble that day. Yeah. Um, and then episode 50 happens. We get to know each other a little bit more. And then it's kind of spawned from there. We did the metal cast right after 50. And me, you really you, got to know me then. <laughs> absolutely. You introduced me to Parkway Drive, which I'm appreciative of. So uh, it was just really cool because you didn't – it's not like we did any really crazy bonding things. I mean, I guess podcasting is life and bonding, but um, it's not like we were doing crazy adventures together and, like, becoming friends. Yeah. We were becoming friends because we were like, hey, we're in these conversations together. What do we have in uh-huh. common? Which I love. Um, episode 51, of course, is the – well, I think it was ep- – actually, episode 52 was the second – it was the second metal cast. Yeah, we did some time traveling. Yeah. Uh, you and Nick teased the, the podcastrophe. Yeah. And we're going to get into that later today because while I, that's like kind of the start of the journey where we really, really kick things off and like uh-huh. you and I were in more contact and I kept going, hey man, podcastrophe, what's up with that? When's that happening? Hey, mm-hmm. what's up? You know? Mm-hmm. And and then of course that leads to future things, which you can all hear a lot of this retold on the network. Just, oh yeah. Just check it out. But uh I want to go back to like where everything starts from you. Born and raised, where did you come from? What's your story? Uh, musically speaking, I know you're a guitar player. Where does that start? I guess we should start with the basics. Back it up a little bit. Where are you from? <laughs> I am from, well, I was raised and I'm born in Lafayette. That's major hospitals. Born or So basically born and raised in Delphi, Indiana. St. Elizabeth? Uh, no, I was home hospital. Before they uh, it was they tore it down a few years ago, but yeah, home hospital. Okay, cool. Well, uh, so you're born what year? Ninety. Nineteen ninety. So the same age as my little sister, um, and you're a weird. So my sister is March fifth. Uh huh. You're November fifth. Yes. I'll never forget that. Now, see, look at that tether. You, you That's can't. really wild. You can't forget it. Uh, 
remember remember the fifth, the fifth of, of november yeah and that's yeah. veronica's son's birthday as well <laughs> that's so bizarre to me so you're born in in lafayette technically you're raised in delphi yes family yeah mom and dad what's mm-hmm. that like okay so my mom was still in high school okay totally she was 17 my mom was 19 so i i totally get that she was 17 my dad not 17 <laughs> <laughs> i like how you i think just, he was 24 okay that's okay uh and so they were they, they got married i think a month after i was born okay and then i don't i don't know the exact timeline but my guess is roughly around a year later they split up and so my my mom my mom's always been like really smart in terms of me myself and my brothers and like raising us uh because she she knew the environment she was in okay and she knew the environment that my dad was in or my fam- my dad's side of the family versus my mom's side nothing against my mom's side of the family i love them but at the time not the best environment for a small child okay she totally. was like i know how i was raised so she gave my dad full custody okay while uh, not exactly full custody but i could visit she could visit weekends yeah i get that so i grew up on my dad's side while visiting my mom on the weekends and you know like i I was mostly raised by my grandparents because my dad worked full-time yeah so i totally relate i basically have two sets of parents okay and it's it, it just made me who I am today because I got I got a lot of different uh, times. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to phrase that. Sure. Like ages of morals, you know. You were able to very obviously like learn from your experiences and witness how things were evolving mm-hmm. between your parents and when you were with mom versus when you were with dad. I'm also a child of divorce. My parents were eight when I got divorced, so I was a lot more in it. I felt the like tension of how that all happened and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best situation, but that's just how it kind of happens. My dad also full custody. So I was raised by a single father. He did never really had any like long-term companionship. Once he started raising me, same dedication. That's all. He just focused on me, you know? I can't say that my dad really focused on me, but like he, he never really, he well, still to this day has never. But by way of working, because that's yeah, what my okay, dad was yeah, too. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. He though. worked to do everything he could for you. At least that's what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a, that's oh yeah, he, he definitely provided for me, like hardcore. So, and then you obviously still have a really cool relationship with them both now, yes. your parents. That's great. Yeah. See, that's a, that's a good story. And, uh, you know, like you were saying, having more than one parent, having grandparents help raise you, kind of the it takes a community vibe. It really does, you know, and I, I, I can't be more grateful for uh, being raised by my grandparents because, it, like I said, it made me who I am today. It gave, it instilled in me these, these morals that I have, these old school morals, while still being of this age, of this time period, Absolutely. this millennial that I am. <laughs> you're, you're able to look at life now and take the morals that you're, I'm speaking for, like I'm talking through you because this yeah. is how I feel. You're taking the, the instilled morals your, your parent, your grandparents gave you and you're going, okay, here's what I can use that'll help me be a better person. Also, that is a stupid fucking moral that is not, it's super outdated. I don't need to deal with this one tiny little thing. I can evolve how life is looked at and make the the change for the better. I think that's very important that our whole generation looks at life like that. We don't have to be tied down to believing 
every moral we've ever been taught is mm-hmm. the only way things can be. Yeah. You have to be able to look outside the box, see a situation and go, oh, that's fucked up. I'm not cool with that, <laughs> yeah. you know? So you're you're being raised in Delphi. Which school? You're in Lafayette school? You're in Delphi, Delphi. school? Okay. Um, both parents lived in Delphi? No, my mom eventually pretty early. Okay, so like around the age of three or four, I believe. Okay. Uh, she moved to Lafayette. Okay. And so I would visit Lafayette on the weekends. Awesome. So you had your Lafayette friends at some point. Eventually, Eventually. yeah. Later on. Okay. Much okay. later on. So early childhood, um, you you have brothers, right? Only yeah. brothers? I have three brothers. No sisters. No sisters. Are they, Were they all with your dad or was were you guys kind of split? Um. So... My mom, she's on her fourth marriage right now. Okay. No kids with this current one. No, uh, no, 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 uh, no, no judgment. I, I know, I get it. <laughs> um, but no, so she had my two, uh, my two. It's weird to say, oldest brothers. Okay. They're, they're still young, younger. They're than younger than me, but they're my old, my two oldest brothers with her second husband, and then my third brother uh, with her third husband. Okay. And he, there's a 13 year difference between me and my youngest brother. And there's a 13-year difference between me man, and my parallels, sister. It's weird. Parallels all over the place with us, uh, man. It's, it's, it is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it, it also ridiculous that you have a Kill Switch Engage tattoo, and they're like one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. We could, we <laughs> literally, there's other podcasts we we're going to do that. But. We can geek out about music all day. You know that. We have. So you are spending a lot of time between your two families going back and forth. Where does the music bug hit you? Like, What's the first... Because listen, again, child of divorce, I understand mm-hmm. music affects you greatly. It does. And when my parents were getting divorced when I was eight, the only time in either of their lives, well, I guess my mom still kind of does, but for the most part, it was the only time in my dad's life he heavily listened to country. So their divorce and country music are like symbiotic to me. Yeah. I can't listen to country music because it just makes me feel gross like during that time in my life it really does like it, it's very bizarre so what was the music that like encapsulated you early on you know it's so weird because everybody who's like su- most people who's super into music usually has some sort of family influence on that totally and i don't at all it turns out okay i found out later that my my dad's oldest brother uh he played bass like a long ass time ago with a bunch of people from delphi troy seeley Oh, Iced Earth. That's awesome. <laughs> who I saw recently. How was that? It was very excellent. Excellent. Um, very different <laughs> from what I expected. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any musical influence coming from my family. Uh, I was too young for my friends to really be into music. So, like, I, I just kind of stumbled upon it, honestly, because I... I uh, everybody has those phases where you start out you listen to what your parents listen to then you listen to what your friends listen to and then you start venturing out and discovering discovering for yourself so i don't know i i obviously found i think the first band i really got into was smash mouth okay (laughs) so we had smash mouth all astro lounge came out totally and so that year for christmas my aunt got me fushu ming okay (laughs) So uh, not thinking, oh, it's Smash Mouth. No, the, uh, that that CD has it says fuck in it a lot, <laughs> uh, and it's 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 it's. I like that album nowadays because it's it's the closest thing to punk that the, Smash Mouth ever was. Yeah, and it's it's a cool, it's a just a really cool album because it's so much different from the mainstream Smash Mouth. They were edgy. They were edgy, and they, the mm-hmm. songs were. Ah, but I love Astro Lounge too. 
So moving forward from Astro Lounge, I went to Creed. Okay. And I also listened to Creed in my earlier mm-hmm. days. Cammy trying to join us for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Get out of here, Cammy. But so Creed. Uh, no, ever, other than that, it was just the radio. So I would hear like Nickelback and Lincoln Park. And uh, from so from Creed, I went to Good Charlotte and Lincoln Park. Okay. In terms of like actually having the CDs and like jamming them out all the time. And from like from that from Good Charlotte, I went to Disturbed. <laughs> wow, big transition there. <laughs> but within a year, sometime within that year, I got introduced to Disturbed, System of Down, and Papa Roach, all at once. Not bad. It I was, was on a mixed CD. Oh, okay. And my the, my friend, my my current roommate Andy, he was listening to it, and uh, had uh, he listened to Chop Suey, Aerials, and uh, Last Resort, and I was just upset. I was like, "Holy shit, these songs are awesome!" Yeah. I was like, "What? What?" And then next thing, like a week or two later, he's borrowing the sickness, and I'm just sitting here like, "Oh!" And we played Monster Hunter. Which funny it the Monster Hunter World beta is starting today and I am missing it until tomorrow. For our listeners, that's last Saturday. Yes. Time travel. Um, so moving forward and also connecting with this date today. Yeah. Uh, I moved to Pantera. And today is the thirteen year anniversary Yesterday. of is the eighth. Oh yes, it is the ninth because it was um, strange. No, no, it, it's technically the same time frame. Yeah, I mean it's what you're within a day. It's not like you're fucking a month off or yeah. something. Yeah, so December eighth was is the anniversary of Dimebag's death, which is also the anniversary of John Lennon's death. Super crazy. Both very talented, taken mm-hmm. way too early. Yes, senselessly crazed fans. Uh, not, I will never forget where I was when I learned that Dimebag died. I was in school, 2004. I didn't know Pantera. I not only knew Pantera, <laughs> I was actually a huge Damage Plan fan at that time. Like, I was jamming Damage Plan constantly. And, um, cause As I Am is one of my, like, one of my favorite songs. Or not As I Am, uh, Save Me. Oh, it's yeah, Save, Save Me. Me. It's not As awesome I Am. Awesome song. As I Am is the Dream Theater song. Yeah. Awesome song. Uh, D- Newfound Power is an awesome CD. Yes. So, uh... I remember being in school and Brando came up to me and he's like, dude, uh, some people got shot at the, at the damage plan concert last night. I don't know what's going on. And I was like, and I literally looked at him and the first words out of my mouth is, I hope it wasn't fucking Dimer Vinny. That's literally the first thing I said to him. And like, I think an hour later in English class, they said it was Dimebag. And I was just like, no. Yeah. Of all the fucking things to happen, you know? You know, it's so weird you saying this because like, I did. I had. I was in eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Totally. At the time, and I had no idea who Pantera was. I hadn't gotten into metal yet. Not that I know of, at least. Uh, not that I can remember. I think at that time it would have been disturbed at the most. Uh, but so it, it's. I sometimes forget that you and Brandon are older than a me. A little older. Yeah. Like you're. I think you guys are like five, six years older than me. No, three. I'm thirty. You're twenty-seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Math. I'm not thirty-two. <laughs> Math. <laughs> Brando is thirty-one, though. So he is four years technically. Okay. So I, yeah, I always forget that you guys are older than me. So like, it, when you're sitting there thinking like, God damn, you guys were young into Pantera, <laughs> but you weren't. Well, I mean a little bit. I was. Let's see, in 2004, that would have been my sophomore year of high school. Which no, is when no, I started no, no, going. No, no, no. It would have been my junior year of high school. 2004 was my junior year. Okay, I gotta say, junior year was probably when I started going deep into metal because that's when I got into like Lamb of God, Children of Bodom. Yeah, started getting into that heavy shit. So do okay. Let's just jump right into that. You're starting to you. We just kind you just fast tracked us. We're gonna skip some of your 
angsty teenage years, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Didn't have any, you, honestly. Really? Well, that's good. Pretty basic middle of your life era, you know. Is honestly, it, is I've, I've I've had very little struggle in my life. Well, that's really good, actually. I mean, it, it's um, it's a great thing to. I mean, everybody struggles with. Something. Yeah, any any struggle I have had is has just been purely mental, just going through something that I needed to grow from you know totally and, so. and and see that's an important look you see this is you're doing the thing without me even asking i was going to say it later in the episode but i think we can just talk about it now if there was any advice you can give people to get through struggles because i do know hearing you talk on podcastrophe being your friend that you do struggle with stuff sometimes and it yeah. gets you and it puts you in a it just like a, a fugue state yeah where everything like time almost stops and 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 i know the walls cave in on you your brain is your worst enemy oh it can be yeah for sure so what do you do to get through all of that like what's your what do i do honestly i just i've always been a huge proponent for strength of the mind okay like you i if i were to give anybody advice is that you are in control yeah And, and that's not always the case some people have more severe things that like control them like depression ain't no shit and I mean, well said <laughs> i know that's like depression very... and anxiety ain't no shit and it's it's i mean not that i've had anything that i couldn't handle but like for myself the it, like i said my my only advice is like you are in control like your brain all that stuff it's just in your head yeah, and you just have to learn how to... And, and that, that could go for people with the more severe stuff. I mean, to an extent, because obviously there's some chemicals going, there's some misfires going, and, you know, they're, they're going to need that help. They're going to need that extra push that medication can give them. And But the medication can only do so much. Well, and I think we're in an era where medication can become like people's worst enemies. You start to look at these older folks, like I, I think about my dad, and he takes medicine to not hurt, and then he takes medicine to counteract yeah. the medicine that he's Which you taking. talked about that recently. You know, and it's just like, I, I don't want that to be the future of this world. Oh, I feel no. like there are, there are better, safer options, and I hope that the literal opioid pandemic that's hitting this country, like, finds a way to stop, but I feel like mm-hmm. we're, we're really, we're at the tip of the iceberg right now. Like, this is just starting. You know, they think it's bad now. Like it's only just it's right. only just getting here. As soon as you make it known that there's a problem, the problem only gets worse before yeah. it gets better. So, so back to the music though. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to skip on on that. And we're gonna we'll keep going kind of back and forth with all this stuff. So, with the music, you find some heavier stuff. You're talking about Lamb of God, Bodum, so yeah. on. Does that inspire you to pick up the guitar? Is that where it comes from? Is there um, a, you know, kind of. Uh, so, Pantera is the main reason I picked up guitar, uh, particularly the song floods. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, we've talked about this. <laughs> we, had... So Pantera floods, mostly the outro. And I love the, I love the solo, but I, I love the outro. And so I wanted to pick that up. Uh, at the time I had actually started, uh, hanging out with people that were playing instruments. Like I had, uh, my friend Rebecca, uh, from she went to Rossville, uh, and so she she played guitar. She mostly played like Def Leppard, Beatles, Blink One Eighty Two stuff like that. And then I had my friend Kyle, who we were it, just talking about him yesterday. Kyle, guitar player turned drummer. No, different way. Gorgasm's drummer. No, yeah, no, that not not him. Okay, <laughs> not Kyle Christman. No, it's Kyle Brown. Okay, who uh, funny connection to the network. Uh, I met 
uh, Michael Norris through him. Oh, cool. So you and Mike know each other through this guy. Uh Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah, back when he was known as Little Mike. Little Mike. Little Mike. Because there was a big Mike, so they needed a little Mike. (laughs) But he's kind of tall and kind of big, though. But big Mike is just big. He's just big. He's (laughs) He's just a big guy. All right, I got you. Um, so and he played guitar and he he played the heavier side of things like the Pantera. Gotcha. He's what he's he's the guy who got me really heavy into Pantera. Uh, I was already into Mudvayne, so he didn't really get me into that. But he got God, me into that Pantera. First, that first Mudvayne album, LD Fifty. I'm a big fan of End of All Things. End of All Things is another great album. Too. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, uh, that had, those first three albums were just fantastic. Yes, absolutely, absolutely agree. That's something we've not really dished on is my love for Mudvayne. No, uh, we haven't. Big, huge fan. <laughs> uh, Death Blooms is probably my favorite song of theirs all time. Like, there's there's a lot of great stuff on End of All Things to come. And that what's that third album? I can picture the cover. Lost and Found. Lost and Found, because it's uh, the kid going through the storm. Uh-huh. They had, like, Fallen to Sleep was on there, and uh, that song they used for one of the Saw soundtracks was on there. Yeah. Can, can you guess my... Okay, I do this to you every time whenever you we found do, a band. And you pick fucking obscure-ass songs. Because you, you would have never guessed that Pan, or Pantera song was Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. You know what I think? I think World So Cold by Mudvayne is your favorite song. I believe that might be my second favorite oh, song. <laughs> oh, so second close. or third. Okay, so what's the first? You're not going to try to guess? Um, one more guess. Man. Is it the same album? No. Okay, god damn it. I feel like I need the track listings. I haven't listened <laughs> to these albums in a, in a hot minute. I, un, un, fortunately, unfortunately, I can remember shit like that like n- no problem i have awesome recall when it comes I to songs i can't think of the name of the song it's albums. off the first album right keep going right it's on the first album and it's like uh, i can <laughs> i don't do this i can tell voice. you my favorite songs off the first album obviously dig D- well yeah dig. uh uh what's that uh you already said it Death Blooms. Death Blooms. Nothing to Gain. Nothing to Gain is an awesome About song. About Ed Gain. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Mud Vane. Mud Vane Band. They're from Peoria, Illinois. Yep. yep. Uh, and I feel like somebody I know's like grandma babysat them. Legit. <laughs> like, I feel like that's like a real thing. Somebody in my past uh, definitely like babysat Greg and Chad is from, that's what I was at least told. Happy? Is that your jam? No. That's okay. not even on. No, that's on, that's on the third one. Uh, Happy's fucking good though. Yeah, it is. So LD fifty came out in two thousand. Yes. Okay. So that's interesting. That's pretty loud, by the way. <laughs> um, let's see here, 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 here. We're gonna look at. Man, I look at all these songs. IPF, Internal Primates Forever. That's an all right one. No, I'm, okay, so you've you've had your you, you I've had, had your my guess. chances. All right, so it wasn't off of LD50. Jerk. <laughs> and you've already actually kind of mentioned it. It was the song that was on the Saw soundtrack. Oh, Forget to Remember. Forget to Remember. My well, favorite for, song. See, I forgot Forget to Remember. That was my favorite song overall for the longest time because I love the lyrics, I love the idea behind it. I love the the dichotomy in Forget and Remember. I like songs that do that. I like yes. anything that has an awesome dichotomy like that. 
Absolutely. Um, Mudvayne is phenomenal. It's weird. And that's a weird um, tying thing together, too, because parts of Mudvayne join parts of Pantera to form Hell Yeah. Unfortunately. You know what I liked? Fortunately, unfortunately. I liked the first Hell Yeah album. The first one was good. Second, third, no. No. Fourth, uh, Blood for Blood. Uh, that was a good CD. That was I really haven't heard CD. Blood for Blood yet. Uh, the title track's not that great. <laughs> okay. Well. The, 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 I think the, the title track is actually Sangre por Sangre. Okay. Blood for Blood. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they had a song on there called Moth. Okay. Awesome fucking song. Okay. Is it like a little bit of return to form? A little heavier? I feel like Mud... Yeah, or I that feel CD like, was heavier. I called it Mudvayne. I feel like Hell Yeah started off as like, we're kind of Pantera, we're kind of Mudvayne, and we're kind of country. And then they forgot the first two things I said and were just kind of country. Yeah, and the they st- were just Stampede was totally really like country. a country, like an outlaw fucking country. I know. I bought it and I didn't. I listened to it once and I was just like, why did I buy this? I feel so I like, bummed. I like the singles off of it, but, yeah, but the CD. still, yeah. my thing is when I buy a, a CD, if I'm going to buy an album, you have four songs. If you can give me with four songs, I will buy it. But I learned lessons leading up to that that make me <laughs> not buy CDs on a, oh, I like that band. Like, I bought uh, Taproot, their first album. <laughs> yeah. One song. I shouldn't have bought the album. Just listen to Poem once in a while. It's on YouTube. You can find it. <laughs> yeah. That's all they had, man. I'm not trying to be shitty, but I'm just keeping it real. So let's get back into you and, and what's going on. When do you pick up your first guitar? How does that all happen? I you, Obviously, you're watching your friends play. So my mom, she was dating slash living with... We were living with this guy named Dave. Okay. And, uh, he, What's up, Dave? He was... Uh, <laughs> he was a very well-off person. He he owned his own realty company. Okay, selling farmland, farm realty. So tons of money in that. Gotcha. Uh, and he was also a singer-songwriter. Oh, uh, along the lines of like John Mellencamp stuff like that. I gotcha. And so he had acoustics. He had acoustics laying around. He had an ele- a couple electric guitars laying around. He had a like a Digitech uh, RP one fifty, I think. Ooh, uh, it, nice it was pedal. like the bigger one. Yeah, and uh, so. Uh, right around that time like when i when we were living with him or she was living with him i was in delphi but uh i'd go to there on the weekends and hang out with my friend kyle and watch him play so then i'd be like well there's a guitar here and at the time like i didn't obviously didn't know what the hell i didn't know string gauges i didn't know tunings i just knew there's strings you plug it into an amp and you strum and you put your fingers places and uh yeah okay so <laughs> what did you do so i plugged it into his amp and okay. i plugged it into the uh, i plugged it into the pedal and i just strummed and just messed around on like the inner sandman fucking okay <laughs> the, the setting on that so you kind of just like you didn't really even know how to make no. it you were just making noise yeah basically okay strumming patterns okay so what uh i know the first i know it's like everybody's first song and I, of course, "Smoke on the Water" was the first thing I learned on guitar. I don't know if that was your first song, but what was the first thing you like could play, and you were like, oh, "I just played that fucking song," like yes. just out of the blue, like yeah. I'm just messing around, yeah, and, and just like started to figure it out, yes, without looking at a tab or anything, just messing around and being like, "Oh, that sounds like this." Mm-hmm. Uh, wake me up when September ends. Awesome, that's pretty easy. Couple of doom, 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 doom. Yeah, doom, yeah. And then I looked totally. up the tab, and I wasn't far off. Nice. Um, so you kind of understood tabs right out the gate. You could look. Yeah, at them yeah. Is that uh, because of your friends? 
No, I think I, I had heard about tabs, but like I just it I just clicked with me the number and where it's at. Like yeah. I get it is that I can't I don't understand music I don't understand notes I understand tablature, which um, is like really basic understanding of music mm-hmm. because well, guitars are so convoluted. Yeah, later that year, uh, so December of my junior year, I got my first guitar. Okay, what was it? Actually, maybe it was my senior year. I think it may have been December of my senior year. Okay. Uh, I convinced my mom because I, 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 since I was obsessed with Dimebag, I would always just search Razorbacks, Dimebag, stuff like that on eBay, see what I could, what could come up. Yeah. And so I eventually, I, and I was very, I was very picky about which guitar, like I wanted. I didn't want the sim, I didn't want the fucking explosion guitar. I didn't want the shards guitar. I wanted the just the, the straight black with the silver lining. It looked like a razor. It looked sharp. You still have that guitar. Yes, I do. It's funny that the two you mentioned you didn't want you had are the two that I had. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, um, no, move. I found it on eBay. Okay. Uh, I, I found it on eBay. It was, it was in uh, Atlanta, Georgia um, for, I think the bidding started at what I can't, it was like super low, but I was like, mom, I want a guitar. This is my dream guitar right here. And if I'm going to get any, like it's, it's super low uh can i bid and and would you would you help me get this she goes all right but you're not going over 400 like if okay. it goes past 400 you you can't i'm not doing it so excuse me nice <laughs> nice Added to so the i get first burp on the voice of survival right? i think i've been doing that episodes. a lot on mine if, if you listen to episode 15 of uh podcast feel like it literally starts with a burp because i did not give a shit that day <laughs> Podgastrophe? Pad, oh gosh. Yeah. Whoa. But so I, I, I start bidding on it. Okay. it. It starts getting up there and I'm in school first, first hour Monday morning and it's getting up there and I'm, I'm like, this is a class that like we didn't do shit in. This is how I know it was my senior year because I, I remember have having that class. To do. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there bidding. It gets up to 400 and I'm like, I'm going to do it. 450 <laughs> i was like i'll just pay her the difference i have a job okay and uh so that's that's what it ended up i ended up winning it barely just just barely and then i had to pay like another 50 or so bucks for shipping but yeah so i got it it came it finally came like two months later there there were some shipping issues with the guy of and course. when i and when i of course when i got it he left uh the whammy bar on inside the case so the Floyd Rose was the floating Floyd Rose was all fucked. Oh God, and the neck was probably partially warped. I mean, having all that tension down—that's. I mean, trust well, rods the, are the, not meant the, to. The the Floyd was like crooked and offset. It, oh, was, it was like no. almost falling out. Oh no! So I had to have somebody fix that up. Well, and those are those fucking licensed Floyd Rose. Yes, I hate those it was. It was a legit Floyd Rose. And oh, yours was a legit Floyd. It, was, it wasn't uh, licensed. Cause, I'm pretty sure cause the, um, I, you'll have to, look, I'll have to look at it when I get home, but I'm pretty sure it's the, the legit sick. Um, cause I know some of the models came with the originals and then some of them came with the license and the licenses were copied models that Dean made for certain guitars. But I think at some point they lost the rights to make copies and they had to switch to the actual mm-hmm. original Floyd roses. So to the listeners out there, if you've never played guitar and plan on playing guitar, getting a guitar, make sure, uh, and this is very vital, 
make sure your very first guitar is either just a complete piece of shit or just doesn't have a Floyd Rose floating bridge because that is a nightmare for a beginner. I still don't understand Floyd Roses, and I'm 10 years in. I could help you. That's I don't want to know. It's, well, <laughs> it, essentially, it's, it's difficult because what you have to do is you have to open up the locking nut on the top. You set all of your strings to about, well, what you do is you want to try to make all of your lower tuning pegs all level before you do anything, and then what you do is you tune it about a half step off, lock it, it'll bring it up just a pinch, and then you fine tune them on the low. Okay. And just like t- like barely lock them in. The only problem is, whammy, fucking out of tune. Whammy, it's super out of tune. So, whammy bars are fun, but well, that's what the Floyd Rose is for. It's the that's what the locking is for. But that those are still inconsistent. I mean, they I can know, be. Yeah. I know I had trouble with my Razorbacks and those, but of course, like I said, they were licensed Floyd Roses, so that probably had an effect on it. Every time I do one whammy, it'd be totally out of tune, mm-hmm. just fucked. But anyways, so you're playing your Floyd Rose, uh, your not your Floyd Rose, <laughs> your Razorback guitar. Yeah. What are you playing on this? What? I think the first songs I attempted, um, first off, "Broken" by Seether. Didn't get very far with that. Uh, next off, I think, was Forget to Remember. Definitely didn't get far with that. I'm a lot better at that now. Still can't get it. Uh, I can get the main riff. I just Once it goes clean, I can't do that. I, I, I just haven't got the ability there yet. But uh, then Floods, the outro. Awesome. Uh, Hysteria by Def Leppard. Awesome. Uh, Omerta, Lamb of God. Awesome. I can. That, that was one of the first ones I really picked up. Omerta has one of the best intros of music in yeah. history that intro uh speech that randy gives fun fact about omerta mm-hmm. the first time i stepped on stage outside of my first band two so about two years after my last performance with them uh it was the very first doom room show really very first doom room show nick's band weed be played omerta Whoa. And I sang it with them. That's awesome. Uh, Joanna, Mike's wife, she took a bunch of pictures of that set. Cool. And there's a bunch of pictures of me and Nick and the, the old band fucking playing. Great pictures. I, I have a few of them. Colby was still in the band at that no, time? No, Colby wasn't in there yet. He wasn't even in the band yet. No. Wow, that's early. No. Early um, we'd be. Yeah. How are you like, I feel like you are. I don't even think there was a bass player. You're like point. always the bridesmaid, never the bride in bands. Like, all these bands <laughs> that, use you for stuff. I know that you've done a lot of work recently with um, Only Human. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, that's that's just me like saying, hey, I want to do this with you guys. Like, please, please let that happen. Yeah, basically. Uh, so let's get back to it. You are playing, you're talking about Omerta, Doom Room. How does, okay, I guess we need to fill that gap a little bit. Oh, there's many gaps. We're, well, I just, I don't know how, like, you're, how you were like 18, 17, 18 when you got your first guitar. Yeah. 18. When do you meet Doom Room Nick? How does that all happen? I feel like oh boy, your first band so is in between that. Two? Seventeen. I was eighteen. So that's two thousand eight. Okay. Flash forward. Uh, my first girlfriend outside of high school dumps me, and I had already been approached. I had already been approached to sing for a band. Oh, cool. Uh, Cody Clem, longtime friend from going to see narrow house and stuff at the skylight cafe in lafayette 
Um, so uh, he's like, Hey, my band needs a vocalist. I think, I think you should try it out. And I was like, ah, dude, I, I got school. I got work. I have a girlfriend. I just, I don't have time for it. And I, I've never done anything like that. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. So girlfriend breaks up with me a couple months later. And, uh, I was just, I'd already, I'd already started seeing somebody else, but like, uh, so they're like, Hey, so that spot's still open. I'm like, all right, when can I try out? So I started practicing. And at the time I, I couldn't scream at the time. Okay. I hadn't figured out how to scream, but I could yell Good enough. <laughs> really badly. Um, I could do, uh, I could do high screams. I okay. could do really high screams. So like children abode, I'm like high screams. Yeah. Gotcha. Hell yeah. So I, I go there and I, I try out with, uh, Holy Diver. Kill Switch Engage. Awesome. Great cover. And uh, Are You Dead Yet? Awesome song. Children of Boat. Okay. Fuck yes to both those songs. I killed. I fucking killed Are You Dead Yet. Uh, Holy Diver being my favorite song at the time. Uh, I, I kicked ass at the screamings, uh, but the the cleans, I didn't have enough balls. And they told me that. They're like, yeah, we, you have awesome screams, but you don't have enough balls with your singing. I'm like, okay. So I got the job, obviously, or the, the spot. And uh, we started Catacresis. Really? And uh, it was a really cool band. It wasn't necessarily a great band for me because it was a really proggy band. That band, you sent me an invite recently to like them, I think. Or you like accidentally shared. I think you might have shared something Journey into Comics like on that page. Do you remember that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I I don't don't remember what we were doing exactly, but I just remember because I was like, Catacresis, who's this? I thought I was like finding some new (laughs) band that was interested in the network. I was going to try to get them on the shows. Oh, yeah, get get us on. (laughs) Okay, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. You guys are still doing press all these years (laughs) later. I love that. Um, I love the spirit of that. So I'm in that that band. That's my first experience as a vocalist. A lot of shows or? I think we played maybe four or five shows total. Okay. Uh, Mostly local? Yeah, all local. All local. Okay. Um, the last show they played, I wasn't. I didn't get. To, I had to work. I'd been at Subaru. I just started Subaru, so I couldn't play. It was at the Animal House in Frankfurt. Uh, another vocalist sat in for me. I guess the guitarist broke a string and all sounds issues and all. It was the like. I never had any issues. The end when of I was the in, end. When I was in the. Whenever I played a show, no issues, no sound issues, nothing happened, nothing. Um, I mean, I, I think the first show, like I was staring at a lyric sheet for like most of it. Oh, I did fuck up. Very first show, uh, we we did a cover. Okay. And one of Weedby's now current guitarists, uh, Tex. Okay. Uh, he was he he had a guest spot on our first show. He had a guest spot, um, and he we played uh, Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden. Awesome. Off the album Iron Maiden, covered by Trivium. <laughs> We did, we did the Trivium cover. <laughs> that was from Shogun. Yeah, right? they bonus did that. track. Yep. And I since I wasn't familiar with the song, I had just I I got into Shogun like right at that time because we were covering that, and uh, so like I missed my spot, to, my cue to come in on the verse. So I just skipped the entire verse <laughs> and went into the chorus, and. Like I'm just standing there, like just you know bobbing my head, rocking out, and guitarist leans over. He's like. Hey, you forgot? Did you forget the words? <laughs> no, dude, I, I, I didn't forget. I'm just, I just missed ta- my. Just, he's just leaning over there talking to me, and he can't hear me. So I'm like, no, nah, dude, I just missed my. You forgot the words, didn't you? <laughs> you yeah, you forgot the. <laughs> he can't hear me. He's just rocking out. I'm like, <sighs> so I, I come in, finish the song out strong, kicked ass. 
I, but, which, it sucked though because I knew there was a bunch of Iron Maiden fans in the crowd. So I'm like, oh my god, why am I covering the song? You felt like <laughs> out of place. I've done that before. But uh, so yeah, we played. Um, we wrote some pretty awesome songs. I had no songwriting ability. I could write lyrics like crazy, but to put them into song form, not that great. Uh, especially with the music, like where, like I said, they were they were trying to do like between the berry to me mastodon type shit okay. cody the drummer who i connected with the most i guess mostly because i knew him uh he wanted to do heavier stuff but the guitarist wanted to do more mastodon stuff totally like crazy jazzy all over the place stuff and uh that it just wasn't hitting me in terms of like my writing style i i wanted to write more personal yeah fucking get Feel shit what off you're my chest doing. yeah exactly uh and so it was difficult for me i couldn't find the rhythms for me to put music into it Anyway, so I get my job at Subaru. Uh, things slowly start to like we lose that we lose that guitarist because he's he he graduated school, moved out, got a job, um, and then I couldn't practice as much. And then we're just like, is this still a thing? No, okay. And which really sucked because my fiance left me at that time, oh. like around that April of that time. So I was like full on, let's do this shit, much like I was in the beginning. Like, hey, I want to join the band. Like, I'm about this. And then she left me. So I'm like, okay, let's go to the next step. Let's. I started making. I started doing the the Nate Phillips thing, making shit on Facebook. Get. I was like, let's make shit happen. Let's you promo. Have to. Let's promo. Let's promo. <laughs> I started doing like live live uh, playthroughs of my singing on songs, and it's terrible quality and sucked. But. Uh, uh, so I was all about it. I started learning as much as I could about, like, screaming and the technique behind it. Totally. And uh, then I just called it quits. Man, so, that hurts. And uh, part of the reason is Cody joined Weed B. Oh. Is this, okay, so. This is founding of Weed B. Okay, he replaced the original drummer. So that happens. You're still friends with Cody. Mm-hmm. You meet Nick. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about that. Initial How- meeting of Nick they came up to bar one of their guitarists needed a guitarist and and so that was like yeah you can borrow my my esp they borrowed that uh they came up to my apartment hung out for a bit didn't really talk to nick really next thing they're playing they're playing their second show which was at the hilltop fortress on the fourth of july awesome and so i hung out with them mostly still just talking to only cody i didn't know the rest of them uh also that was the day i met my current uh tattoo artist she was fr- she was really good friends with them um and then i just started going to the mall and i noticed nick worked at a gold pros booth what's that <laughs> it's just this booth that buys and sells gold really or i don't th- i don't think they sold gold but they but bought they, gold. Gold. they bought yeah. jewelry off of you and i would just sit and hang out with him and talk to him about music and shit i got him into parkway drive awesome. i got a lot of people you, into parkway that's, drive it's kind of your mo um and I would, I would literally just, because I would go to the mall just to go to Applebee's and get a cheeseburger. And then before, that was my meal before work. And uh, I, was, I was on night shift at Subaru. And this was before I was friends with, I was, I, I was only friends with Rob at this point from Subaru. Silent Rob. In terms of this group. Okay. And uh, so I would just go there and hang out with Nick for a couple hours before work. And then just, Yeah. <laughs> And then that that butted the Nick and Dick relationship, the friendship. I love it. Yeah. And uh, he, there was a, there was a minute for a while that w- him and I weren't very close because he started blowing up 
in every aspect. Like we, they got the doom room because the hilltop closed down. Uh, so that, that's when we started the doom room. And uh, I kind of, I, it was kind of my fault because uh, they lost, they needed a bass player. They lost a bass player. So I started being like, Hey, I'm going to learn bass and I'll, I can, I can fill in if you want. And yeah. just, and I you wanted to do it. Once so again, it, it was just like me trying to interject myself always and being the bridesmaid like, never the bride. yeah and i was i was always throwing ideas out there for his band hey you should do this hey we should do this at the doom room just uh so and uh he, i kind of noticed they were starting to treat me differently okay. and i i started taking a, i took a step back and looked at what i was doing i've always been really good at like being able to take a step back and be like is this me self-evaluation yeah good i've always been good about that okay and so I noticed that I sent them a big long apology. I sent both him and Cody a big long apology. I mean, like, hey guys, I I noticed that there's been the shift in mood towards me, and I I feel like it's my fault, and you know I think it's because of this and this and this. And they're like, yeah, you pretty much hit it right on the head. So essentially, you wanted to be a part of it, obviously. Yeah. And you were trying to, without so much as saying, let me be a part of this. You were going, here's all these ideas I have. And yeah. you almost overloaded them to where they were like, look, like we get it. You have ideas, but we have ideas. Yeah, and this is our band. And this yeah. is our band, and this is what we want to do. So so that's rough for you because, again, you're watching your friends go and do these other things. Yeah. Um, you started another band shortly after that? Yeah, The Fallen Mind. The, and this is where I know you from. And not, not that I know you from The Fallen Mind. I think I, that should, I should – but when I met you, that was one of the things you were – heavily in uh you were still playing music on the regular like i said earlier in the episode you had come to mike and joanna's house there was a little i think we jammed like i think i don't know if you brought your guitar i brought my bass that i bought off of rob yeah (laughs) and and we were just like kind of all dicking around on it i brought that because nick torres he said he he had played bass before so i was like hey just here's my rocksmith here's the bass you can get back into it like i think that'd be really cool for you yeah and he never did, of course. Wow. But that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I no longer have that base. Oh, however, it is still in the family. Oh, I sold it to Nick. Oh, Maxim. that's awesome. So he uses it for Doom Room shows. Who knows? He and has he, it. He has it. For I was whatever. like, "What are you gonna use this?" He's like, "I don't know. I, I like having instruments around." He's hopefully he has uh, my seven string, and he says he wants to buy it. But I, he has it. I've I've yet to receive money, but that's okay. I know where to find him. <laughs> He's not too hard to find. No, uh, if. I think he's got a show on this network, possibly. Oh, I think he does too. Um, what what is it? Podcastrophe? No, no, that's, no, that's mine, yeah. and he's on it. Dudes with no, 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 no. Babes with ba- beers babe? with babes. Beers with babes. No, no. it's it's bru- it's brews with uh, dudes, fellas, <laughs> fellas, dude, fellas. <laughs> I want to use that now and brews with fellas. <laughs> Change the whole show. Maybe uh, that'll be my great uh, mischievous. What uh, what's what's something that starts with C? Like a beer that starts with C. Uh, Coors. Oh no! I'm, champagne with chaps. Champagne with chaps. That's <laughs> something, great. Something stupid like that. That's actually funny. That that's like a dapper podcast <laughs> where they're all pretentious. I feel like I feel like that that show. Just a tangent. You're a part of that show, so we should yeah. talk about that for a minute. Um, the Bruise with Dude show is very well done because you guys know what it is. You know what you're doing, and also you're not pretentious about it. When no. I listen to the shows, I'm never like, fuck these 
fucking beer snobs, these craft beer snobs. <laughs> you know, there are so many dudes in the craft beer game that are total douchebags. They're oh, the yeah. worst kind of people. I think what helps with that is the fact that we're a bunch of metalheads and metalheads. Yes. You either, once again, there's the snobby ones, the elitist, but being metalheads, and this is why I love being in the group of friends that I have, is because I'm a metalhead, they're metalheads. I love the the sense of humor that metalheads have it's just so real and it, you, you just don't get any bullshit for the most part it's it's very cutthroat and honest yeah and people are gonna say what they mean metalheads are like the funniest dudes i've ever met also true in kinda. general mostly typically i feel like because it's like they live their lives with such dark music on them, yeah and it's a way for them to escape that so they have like they can actually <laughs> they like, need the music's their escape from life and the humor's the escape from the music exactly exactly that's exactly what interesting it is. Like, way to look at to, that we have to be more cheerful because this music is so doom and gloomy you know? <laughs> anyway anyway back to back to my story with nick please yes so fast forward a little bit i moved in with him i moved in and lived at the doom room for a very short time. And at, at first it was great because I was still on day shift and then I got hired full time. I went straight to night shift. Couldn't go to any of the shows because I've worked every other Saturday. Uh, I slept most of the day. Didn't get home till two, three in the morning. It was like being there, but not actually being there. Yeah. And so like the days that I would wake up and at, at a decent time, like noon, uh, I would just hang out upstairs in my room or on my computer I kind of like alienated, isolated myself from everybody, which is, it, it just happened. Being on night shift, waking up, you just don't want to deal with anything. You become a vampire. Yeah. I mean, really, working the late ass shifts can fuck you up for real. Mm-hmm. I know, worked at the horseshoe. You guys have heard those stories, but like the transition of being a person who wakes up at a decent, normal hour, lives their day to day, goes to bed when the, after the sun is down, and lives their life is an amazing departure from I'm sleeping when the sun is up. Mm-hmm. The sun is up and I'm forcing myself to go to bed and and it can mess your psyche up too. That's another thing. You're in your head there. You're alone. You're at this place where you want to be. You are without wanting to be left out of activities because you're working mm-hmm. and you're just kind of in a not so great situation. Do you decide I need to get myself away from here so I can be a part yeah. of this again? And maybe make something of this. And then, of course, you had a couple things to happen. Uh, We're going to talk about this because this is where everything starts to transition for you musically, I know. You leaving the Doom Room, the next place you went was you and Nick's No, next place was my dad's. That's right. You went back to your dad's for a time. I was was there for about six months. No, so back to the Doom Room. So I was living there, and uh, I I noticed uh, a shift once again in Nick and him towards me his demeanor towards me and uh, it wasn't and i don't know if it was just like the uh we're friends and we're roommates and that just naturally happens this animosity just naturally happens there wasn't any animosity just for the record but uh there's uh, a tension when you're there was there was there was some tension for sure and i didn't understand it because like i didn't i didn't i know i never used dishes all my stuff was upstairs like i didn't I, I never. I always paid rent. And I, I literally caused no issues. Well, here's the thing. I'll tell you a secret. As a 30-year-old who's experienced it just a short time longer than you have, <laughs> no matter what, I don't care how nice the person is. I don't care how perfect everything seems. Living with another person, you find all the things you don't like about them yeah. without meaning to. 
because it's in the little things and the yeah. little things over and over I, and over and over. Again. I just think my, my, my view on it. And I haven't talked to Nick about this. Maybe if he listens to us, he can give yeah, me some insight. In, yeah. But I think what happened was, so like I said, I was isolating myself. I wasn't wanting to hang out and I felt like maybe he was, he felt kind of put off by that. And felt like you were distancing yourself from him, even though it wasn't personal. Yeah. And it was just like, he, he's like, Oh, he doesn't want to hang out or, like he's a, he he never he never comes down and hangs out like he's always upstairs. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't mean to. Uh, and he he's he's told me this before. He's like, I'll never kick anybody out of here. Like at a show, he has, but he's like, I'll never kick anybody out. But I will make you feel extremely unwelcome until you want to leave. Yeah, and <laughs> that that's not that's not saying anything bad against Nick. Like, but well, that's a smart I way to definitely play it get that feeling from him. Some like I, I I as soon as he told me that, I was like. Yeah, I can see that. You're just <laughs> not like, not oh towards God. me, but like I've seen it towards other people. You're like, oh, it makes sense now. I, like, I understand. He has this way of just having this super snide tone of like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to be around you without actually saying it. <laughs> Hashtag. While still just go. conversing with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then it just, a, a terrible awkwardness. I totally understand that. So you leave the Doom Room. You go back with your dad for six yeah. months. This is about the time I meet you. Yeah, is, is it in was that in that time, time. frame. Uh, back to the start of the episode, episode 40, I meet you there, 50, we do the thing, we kind of built this thing here. You tease podcaster for yes. we're going to shift this whole thing on its head because now you're still in music, yes. but you've teased this concept. And you almost had like, was it like a little over a year to stew on this idea <laughs> where you just, or it was almost two years. Was it 2014 to 17? Because it's it, this was 15. It was 15 to 17. 15 to 17. Okay. So Nick and I came up with Podcastrophy. Brandon named it. Brandon named Podcastrophy. Nick Torres and I came up with, or mostly Nick Torres came up with the idea. I was just gonna, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I, I don't really want to be, be, I'll, I'll be part of it, but I, I don't have, I don't want to put forth the effort of put making a podcast create, hard. creatively thinking this out, you know, thinking of all the ideas that we're going to do. I'll just, I'll just be there. You come up with stuff and we'll talk about it. Like I'm great at talking. I, I suck at coming up with ideas <laughs> except for when it's not your band, except or- for when it's not, it has nothing to do with something I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm a great support character. Um, I wonder if that says something about your care, your actual character that like almost informs me to believe you could have great ideas for yourself, yeah. but maybe you don't, believe in them as much and i and i'm I'm bringing that back to the podcasting thing because while you and nick tease this concept it sits for two years yeah we i literally went out and bought this mic that i'm using for it awesome on top of you know it's great for screaming vocals yeah uh so i got this Uh, i planned on getting um more uh, a bigger interface which is what i used for the mobile episodes of podcast i like that interface Uh, i got all this stuff and (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to do a selfie while you're talking. And you're, talking. So I was like, uh, sorry, I can't talk and take a picture at the same time. <laughs> oh my God. I just learned something else about you. Yeah. Your superpowers are stifled by a camera. I know. I love getting pictures taken of me. Noted. Uh, <laughs> so like we get settled into our house and we're like, oh, we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll still stew on this idea and we're just going to get settled into the house, get, you know, settled into a routine, you know, and uh, then months go by. I eventually, I think, a couple months after moving into that house, I get on a day shift. Okay. Um, 
And then like more months go by and I literally just out of, out of the blue thought of it. I'm like, Hey, are we still doing that podcast? And he's like, nah, dude, <laughs> just no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. At that time I was like, man. And I think, okay. So a couple days before that I, I'd been, I had been stewing on it. I'm like, man, I really don't want to do this, but I don't know if he still does, okay. but I don't want to do it anymore. So I finally just asked him, he's like, nah, dude. And I'm like, that was a huge relief for me. Because I had also, by the time I asked that, I was in a band. I was in a new band. Yeah. Drench. For a short time, that happens. It's weird. I have a history with Drench. Yeah. Lance. He's in Drench. Lance. Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Thank you. Uh, We did one show with them, my old band, Draxus, did in like 2009 or 2010. Wow. Yeah, in, in Hoopston. We played with Drench. I'll never forget that show. Uh, those are good dudes. They're nice dudes. Oh yeah, uh, easy to work with. Uh, that after that show, we never really heard from them. I think our band started to slowly dissipate, and then they of course changed. It was really interesting to find out you were a part of that band. I was like, what? Of yeah. all the bands, for I had never heard one. of them. No, it was weird because I wouldn't have heard of them if we wouldn't have played with them. You know? Yeah, I had like, never heard of them, but yet I had, I saw their, they'd started talking about all these bands that they played with. I'm like, no shit. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Lots. And, uh, so I joined that band and that was a real experience for me because the only other band, like real band I'd been in was my first band, Catacresis. And so that I went into that not knowing anything. I went into drench thinking I was hot shit. And you still think nothing. Like, so I, I quickly find out, I, one, I need to work on my singing. Two, uh, I, I need to work on my timing. I have no sense of timing. Okay. <laughs> still don't. Okay. <laughs> not as bad, at least. Uh, but And so months go by, and then I just started discovering, like, shit, I don't have anything to write about. Like, I always took the negativity, and I, I wrote about that, and I expressed it, and uh, I wrote, although one, the first song, the first real song, I, and only full song I wrote for them was called Choose to Exist, and I wrote that not about me, it was, it was a, it was more of like a social commentary. Okay. Uh, I think the opening line is, choose to exist amongst the herd of confused sheep, their minds joined as one in idiot syncrasy. Like basically following the herd, this, 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 yeah. Okay. Totally. This, this concept of everybody's just going with the flow, doing what other people do and not thinking for themselves. And then, um, my, the course was, I am not here just to breathe. Uh, my will extends beyond my means. Um, can't remember past that, but okay. no, it, it was a social commentary, which is, I've never written a song like that. It's, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about my feelings towards something. It was just, you weren't expressing something internal. Yeah. You were I trying was, to... I was trying to comment on the world I see. And that's just what that, that's what that song made me feel. So, um, uh, so that was like the last great thing I did for that band. And then months go by, I can't come up with anything. I can't come up with melodies. I'd come up with lyrics, but I couldn't come up with melodies. And then they started writing stuff, and then I felt bad because they were doing my job and stress, and they're like, hey, you got this done. Hey, you got this done. And a lot of it was just me outside of work just procrastinating. It yeah. was me outside of the band just procrastinating, writing, not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And it was lack of um, inspiration. Yeah, it lack wasn't of inspiration. lack of motivation. You wanted to be doing something, but there was yeah. nothing to drive the train towards. I, I understand that. Writing stuff about what is happening internally uh-huh can really help you to heal from that 
and also is a good way to re-express those things mm-hmm. that you've gone through. When you don't have that passion because things are going well mostly, we'll put quotations on well, uh, you, you almost think that, um, that there's something wrong with you that you can't write. Like, oh, it was stressing me the hell out. One, because there was so I, I knew they hadn't played a show in over a year. Oh damn! So and so November approaches. That that was like the one year mark, and we were nowhere near. We started revisiting the idea of playing the old me me singing the old songs. I couldn't I couldn't get the timing down for them. I, I was starting to, but uh, I was blowing my voice out on a lot of it because their original singer. Um, What's his fucking name right now? Uh, the original singer, he, John, John Beard. Uh, he, I, I, made, I made some comments about him in the solo cast, uh, which they're not too happy about him from what I understand. Oh. They're not too happy about that performance with him. Oh, no. And, oh, no. And you heard it here first, maybe before he has, uh, they were already auditioning somebody new. Whoa. <laughs> That's breaking news here on The Voice of Survival. Yeah, they're not going to listen to this. Oh, they're not, they haven't even listened to my podcast. Oh, so that's fair. It's whatever. They're like, we're going to um, check what Blaine's doing now. <laughs> uh, You're like, oh shit, now they're going to listen. <laughs> so November, it's November, I'm blowing my voice out. It's, it's it, Everybody's like, why didn't, like, you, you had a week to do all this. Why, why are you still where you were three months ago? Like, what? Like, and I was really green. It, I was, I was, they're like, you're, you're I, the, all this was mounting up the pressure and it was stressing me out and it, it, it wasn't making me want to keep doing it. So, and I knew I was the issue. So I left. So creatively speaking, you choose to step down. Is that just coincidentally about the time Brando and I are like, you need a segment on JIC? No, no. Is that after? Or that before? was well after it was well. after. This is November 2015. Okay. 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 So you're still or 2016. Okay, so we're not too far off because I think uh, like January you started doing segments for the network. So, yeah, I uh, after Drench, I, I I took a step back. I ordered a bunch of equipment from Sweetwater. Love Sweetwater, and I decided to start delving into the world, the other side of music, the mixing and the producing side, which I had always loved recording myself. So I decided to actually start learning about that and. So I had all this gear, and uh, I started learning all these mixing techniques. Still learning. Um, and then sometime after that, I, I started doing. I asked Brand. I, you you guys were having issues with uh, your third host. Yeah, Shuddy had disappeared from the show. We were just. It had just. I think Shuddy left at like one hundred. Technically, he left at like ninety four or some shit, but. He hadn't been around in a while. It was hard to get in touch mm-hmm. with him. Brandon and I had kind of shuffled through a couple months of shows, and it wasn't that we were stale. We just needed more because there were only – Brando and I's angles are so often similar. Yeah. That it's hard to have like a quote-unquote dichotomy and create a – not a tension, but just a vibe that makes the it expand how the conversation yeah. happens. Yeah inviting you to do something i remember i don't remember if it was brandon that said it to me or i said it to him one of us was like blaine needs to have a segment or we should have him come on as a third you asked to be a third that's right i did i asked to be a third because i saw that you guys didn't have that anymore and i really wanted to be i i had heard him talking about it i've been listening and i always i always enjoyed guesting so i really wanted to be part of it and and more more so than i already was 
and I, I wanted to be part of something like always and i think that the conversation there was i think this is beautiful how this all happened because the conversation with brandon and i were like if blaine's gonna do it though we have to have him commit and it was like well can we have him commit to be the third we're not sure we, we, we were just unsure of yeah, mentally so you where you were at her. how things were going for you you were just in a relationship that had ended there were like a lot of things at play so Brandon's like, what about the segment? We'll give him a segment. He can come up with his own thing. Sometimes he can maybe come on and do a live segment. Sometimes we'll have him bring the segment on. We'll talk about it, which was fun. It was good. It was cool because you'd send it in. We would listen. But then you start struggling with the segment. Yeah, I'm like, what do I come up? What do I talk about? One, you're talking by yourself, and I know how hard that is. Yeah. You've done that a couple times. You did it once recently on episode 13, The Lonely Dick. You managed Dick to get episode. an hour out of that. It was a great. It was still great, though. Um and then from and then you also did all these little mini segments where you're by yourself. So you do better when you're talking with people. You can interact and converse. I gotta say, I had so much fun doing those because I had a different intro for every single one. You did. Uh, I I had a different title for everyone. A uh, title for the show, not the like the the segment got a different title every show. Yes, it did. And uh, I just it was it was a lot of fun. No. I, I love. <laughs> My raining blood intro. Yes, uh, that was like the third. third <laughs> oh my god, one I, think I had so. But uh, you know, so we were gearing up into we're March now. It's by you know at the time of February when this episode drops, the boob milk ice cream back on JIC. That was your first segment appearance. Uh, you and me and Brando are planning because LaFiCon is around the corner, mm-hmm. and. It's like, hey, March 26th, you want to do a metal cast. It's now known as the Iced Earth cast. Yes. Uh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really am. That was just like... That thing I can't talk about because I've never listened to them. It was just like, um, situationally speaking, Brando and I were just like, oh, we've never actually talked about this on a show. Here's our <laughs> chance, you know? That's, that's fine. It was just like... Fine. It, well, with with a guest, it wasn't fine. We should have tried to more include you. Uh, retrospectively. I will be speaking. going to that Iced Earth show. Me too. In also, February. yeah, we're going. It's going to be great. Uh, so moving back forward into the clock, I know it's all timey-wimey now. April comes around, LaFiCon happens. Right after LaFiCon, we are planning, planning, planning. July comes. It's time for 150. We want and, you to be a part of it. And Metalcast 3. And Metalcast 3. Now, you had planned Metalcast. I had nothing. I literally showed up. Mm-hmm. That was the most I did. I got lost behind Brando. That was that day that I was following behind Brando in his Subaru, <laughs> and then he turned, and then I turned. He got behind another Subaru that looked just like his. It, it looked exactly like his. And I was like, wait a minute. He didn't have a passenger. I would have been his fucking passenger. Who's the guy in the car? And then he was like, that, that, that's not me. So I found my way. And Colby, Nick were there. There's a second, mm-hmm. really like the third time I had really been around Nick extensively, kind of a little bit during LaFiCon and then yeah. the after party that we played. But this was the first conversation, and I didn't know if they were going to be a part of 150. That There had been some talk that that might happen. We weren't sure. They leave. Brando and I start recording 150. You came in like mid-episode, which I love. It starts like a retrospective, yeah. and then boom, you're here. You drop the pod. Well, Brando drops the podcastrophe news on me, and it like shocked me. Yeah. Uh, he fucked it up which, the first time. Yeah, that was hilarious, too, because I'm like, I'm sitting there like, God, because all I could hear is through headphones. I'm just in the other room just listening in. And all I heard was was what was going on through your headphones. So I hear like a bunch of mumbles and then out of nowhere, just the really sirens. loud. I'm like, whoa. 
that's not right. <laughs> so I thought he was doing a Silent Hill intro for Game Addicts. I was like, oh, Silent Hill, awesome, I love that. And then it wasn't at all the surprise that Podcastrophe was coming back. And then it was like, without that being the thing that really did it, you were like, well, I was like, are you going to join the network? I just said it like in jest. You'll hear it on episode 150. Are you going to join the network? And you're like, I don't know. I'm probably going to go my own way. And then like everything culminates. Talked about a little bit on pod- Podcastrophe episode four. Brando, myself, Veronica, Sarah are talking, discuss. The decision is made. Well, the three of us are talking. I relay this to Brandon. We should focus on the network. He formally invites you. Now you're a podcaster. Yes. It seems like you genuinely love doing this. I genuinely do. So how has it been your 15 episodes into your show right now? Technically 16 if you count tonight's episode that's not yet recorded. Uh, By the time this comes out, it will have been. But how has it been for you helming a show 16 episodes in? I've done it. I know what it's like. Well, I'm going to split this into two different things. I'm going to say my podcast and then within the network. Okay, sure. So within the podcast, it's been an absolute blast. I, I don't feel overwhelmed by it. So, like, I obviously want to keep going. It's easy to sit down and talk yeah, to people. Yeah, and that's, that's something I'm good at. Like, And what I love about my podcast is, and in, in the show that is my life, I have this amazing cast of characters. Absolutely. And I want people to know these people. I want people to know how funny and awesome the people in my life are. And so that it, it just brings a lot of joy that I can get that out there to the masses, no matter who, no, if, even if there's like three people listening or watching, I recently came up with, came into the, the problem of, Oh, there are certain people that only watch the live feeds and think that that's my podcast is the live feed. And that's only three episodes of 15. They're missing 12 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I've recently started addressing it whenever I do a live. I'm like, hey, guys, there are, a, if you subscribe here, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's just been an absolute blast because I'm taking something that I, I get to use my mixing knowledge that I've gained. Uh, I get to sit and use this gear that I bought. <laughs> yeah, it has a purpose. <laughs> it has a purpose other than music, and which I'm not doing very much of. I am actually haven't done anything with music for a while well not true because you I do int- some intros i do the intros that's which, about it hey uh it's a much needed thing that we need is someone uh-huh. who writes the intros you know yep we yeah, need yeah. a guitar intro call dick he'll get it down for you <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's just been an absolute blast and it's leading into the network thing it's it's great to finally be a part of something and feel like i'm actually contributing very much so on an on an equal ground compared to me being in bands and not really putting forth the effort that I probably should have. Um, and the, the thing about being in this network is it, it feels like I'm in a band because we have that camaraderie and we're every- like Slipknot if we're a band. Cause there's a ton <laughs> oh my of us. God. We're, no, we're like the trans Siberian orchestra or Elevati. Okay. I'm down. I'm <laughs> You're right Elevati. I don't think so. They're I like the T- Scandinavian band and they have like 19 instruments, Whoa. including the hurdy gurdy. <laughs> what is a hurdy gurdy folk instrument it's it's folk it's scandinavian black folk music melodic melodic folk metal <laughs> awesome folk death i love that <laughs> it's it's really cool it is really cool you're gonna have to show me that after eluvati i can't i think that's how you say it eluvati we'll check it out. i'll send you a link hopefully okay. uh, it might be like two months from now like the five out of seven 
uh, perfect score awesome story that people can finally well only people within the network did you read that thing. yet Yo, I've, I've uh, read I knew yeah you I knew, knew about, about, it. You knew about it. it way before I think I talked to you because I remember reading that and just going <laughs> man this guy's clever he oh, always yeah. has a comeback the to perfect. this dude's stupid whatever he's saying uh, but to continue on with podcasting other than the having people assume that your video cast is the show are there any other hardships or difficulties you've found within doing podcasting that have maybe changed your perception of people who do podcast uh has it has it evolved your appreciation for what like i'm not please don't suck my dick about this but like what brandon and i started we didn't intend to start if that makes sense yeah when we did journey into comics and we started inviting our friends in and then we started realizing our friends were really good on podcasts (laughs) It was just like we – it feels so underutilized. And there were so many times where Brandon and I – and maybe we wanted to have a guest, but we just didn't plan for it. Planning was such a difficult thing for a short while within JIC. Now everything is like, well, you see. I've got a whole fucking calendar for the next year with every move possible planned <laughs> out. Oh, yeah. God, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, so what hardships, if any, have you kind of ran into – um, within starting your own show honestly like i'll start with the minor shit which was just hauling around my laptop and interface for mobile shows uh th- that was just a bitch that was before you got the zoom though. yeah that, that was just i mean i still haul around my laptop but i don't use it <laughs> this is the 1600 laptop that i don't use at all really yeah i bought i bought it for the band and because i was also writing for a drunk octopus so i figured it'd be cool to have that um, and then it just, it's, it's there now if I need it, but I don't need it. <laughs> You're like, I don't. I, I, have a, I have an awesome desktop that I built and eh, I just don't need it. But, uh, hardships, honestly, just scheduling with people, uh, people, uh, the, Hey, can you come on? Yeah, I'll come on. Oh, Hey, I can't now. Flakes. Uh, not as I've only had one flake. <laughs> the others, uh, I understand, but, and, it, and like I said, it hasn't been, often at all it's only been like once or twice um and then of course there's that oh the the anxiety of asking someone that hasn't been on yet that i don't know if i'm gonna have a good conversation with them or not oh totally like there's a couple people i want on the show but i'm just like oh i don't want a bunch of dead space I, how am i gonna, am i gonna be able to converse with them are they gonna be able to feed off of me and or will you get them back? at their hundred percent like if you have a character yeah. in your life you're worried bringing that character to your show and expecting yeah. them to be them as soon as this thing is in front of them they might change oh, yeah um one of the one of the reasons i enjoy podcastrophy is a conversation show and it's a it's a show where i have multiple people i prefer to have two to three guests yeah and that way they can feed off of each other i've been a guest and i know <laughs> that way they can feed off of each other and i don't have to put forth that full uh so that that takes a little anxiety off of me it takes the stress away to know that there are more people to fill the space of talking because yeah. and of course now i will say this too and i don't know if you'll relate to this i know when doing journey into comics if we've got a, a team of four a team of five we're doing a nerds the round or something in my head i almost feel like i'm secretly commanding everybody at the table <laughs> without saying anything but i have to be mindful of not only what they're saying but how long they're saying it 
what's going on yeah. here? Do I need to interject and say, okay, well, maybe we should move on to this person's topic, or we need to talk about this thing. We skipped mm-hmm. this thing. So you become more of a, you're like a conversation planner. Yes. While yeah. still being a part of a conversation. It can get kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. You almost are like, what time is it? What did, what did you just say? What time? Oh, shit, I lost. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of, multitasking can become difficult. Uh, uh but I use the the multiple people thing as kind of like a buffer. I do it in real like outside of podcasting too. Like if I haven't hung out with you and I I don't know you on like a super tight level, uh, I'll use I'll be like, hey, do you want to hang out? Okay, hey, and I'll ask other people if we like get a group. That way I can use the people I do know as a buffer. Yeah, you know to get to know them, and then then I can get chummy with them, and I'll do the same thing with my podcast. Like if I haven't had you on there yet, I'll be like, hey, Tyler, come on. <laughs> Yeah, Tyler, come back and co-host this one with me. Yeah, please. Like, so no, it, I'm not giving you please anymore. Do it. You're coming on. Join me. <laughs> which Jesus. he's okay with. It. I think. Yeah. Like, hey, we're doing a podcast. Okay. I feel like at some point I'm going to have to interview Tyler on this please show. Please do. I think that would be interesting. He I think is, also, Rollo on this show could be interesting. Oh man! So I told him I was like, you need to get on voice, and I will. I will literally ride up there with you. To oh be yeah, here for it. I'm down anytime. Seriously, we'll plan. We'll look at the schedule. Maybe and we'll he's, look. He's from 13. up here too. So is he really? Yeah, I can't remember where he's from. I feel like he said Sherrillville, maybe. Yeah, or Maryville, one of those two. No, Nick is from Maryville. Yeah, because that's that was shocking to me that someone down in Lafayette knew about the region. I was like, what? You know about the region? <laughs> you know about this bullshit? <laughs> really? <laughs> of course. Last night I'm dealing cards, and they're like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "Northwest Indiana." They like to call themselves the region. And they looked at me, and I was like, they think they're Chicago. And I just started laughing. I was like, ask somebody from the region where they're from. They're going to tell you Chicago. Because I used to do that. <laughs> People don't know where a fucking region is, yeah. but they know Chicago. We, we always get we always gave uh, Torres shit about it because he he'd be like, yeah, I'm from the region. And I'd be like, they're like, what region? Like, north, south? Any region. Like, like, there are multiple regions. Like, there's no specific. You no, know, he's like, no, it's the region. And we're like, God shut up <laughs> yeah it's the worst it's the worst uh okay so we've talked about podcasting we talked about music i think there's one last little thing if you have time for it we don't have to today What's i kind of want to dive into a little bit of your tattoo stuff i feel like okay you're a walking mixture of billboard and just creative memeing <laughs> if that makes sense oh boy I, I i mean i look at i haven't i don't think i've seen every <coughs> tattoo you have are you only arm coverage I have one on my leg. You've I've seen, tat- you've seen Darth Revan. One. Yep, Darth Revan. Uh, I have one on my back. I don't think I've seen the back tat. Do you want to? Is it upper? Yeah. What is it? You see it? Sure. Well, I also it- have that boy on my side. Okay. You've seen that. Yeah, you? I've seen that. I don't <laughs> think I've seen the back. All right. He's undressing in front of me. In front of me, folks. Okay. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love that you have a heartogram. Amazing. I'm not. I'm. I'm a huge him fan. So uh, to see that. That was my third tattoo. Awesome. Painful. Haven't, never gotten it touched up. It's, it was two sessions. First was the, the black and the gray. Next was the uh, red. red. Yeah. And it's a, it's a Celtic cross. I did this in Photoshop. It's a, it's a Celtic cross with a heartogram, which is the, the logo for him. And uh, uh, the story behind that, which uh, we, maybe my next episode we can go into more, more of my personal life. Sure, yeah. Uh, if you want. Uh, but the story behind that was, so, uh, I met this, this kid, uh, between my eighth grade and freshman year. Okay. And, uh, I knew him for about two weeks. Easily one of the best friends of my life. Wow. Uh, he, and from what I understand, that was just who he was. Um, so cup, like 
literally the second day of my freshman year, I get a phone call from my mom. Uh, without, go- I was gonna say without going into it, like he was in, I- he lived in Iowa. Okay. He was he-, he was visiting for the summer. Sure. So I get a phone call from my mom after as soon as I get out of school. Uh, she's she's crying. She says, "Hey, uh, something happened to Nathan." Weird. Nate. Okay. <laughs> I, I always refer to him as Nate. Uh, but uh, I was like. In my head, I'm like, great. He was fucking in my. I'm like, what? What did he do? Was he running his mouth or something? Because he, yeah. he lived in Sioux, Sioux City, and it was pretty, pretty thug town, you know. Okay, totally. Uh, and that was just his, him and his sister, who lives up here in Hammond. By oh, the way. really? Oh, you know, yeah. you went and saw them. Yeah. yeah, last time I was up here. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So he had died. He had passed away. He got hit by a truck. Oh, uh, but terrible. one of the things we had always talked about was in that two weeks of being best friends what we talked about was getting our first tattoo together and we were going to do like bam Margera style, get the heartogram around the belly button. Awesome. You know? And, uh, obviously I didn't do that, but I wanted to, uh, memorialize that. And he, he, that was 2005. Wow. And Very graduated 2009 is when I got it. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was, that's my memorial to him. Uh, well, that's, I, mean, I, I obviously had to include the heartogram yeah totally that was the whole the whole point of the conversation i feel like that you opened my eyes up to what your next episode of voice will be oh yeah which is literally going to be talking about each individual tattoo i think that was a good like teaser for the next episode Uh um we'll kind of leave it there today for now Mm -hmm. i i love that you memorialized a friend i don't think there's a lot to really be said about that that's a very like noble thing to do of a person you know you're you're memorializing someone who you knew for a short time impacted your life greatly. Oh. I feel like I'm, I, now I, that's just the tip of the iceberg for how that impacted me. I feel well and we we have, oh, yeah. we have to, we'll, we'll definitely dive deeper we into that. I'm going to ask one last weird little question that's Go based off of this tattoo. So was it weird to you when I came into your life? I'm I'm guessing I'm probably not the first Nate you met. Oh no, I feel not like, at all. I feel like you have a Nate a couple Nates that you work with, Vanderwall and there's just Nate one. just Nate just, Vanderwall. Okay, there's just him. And then there's me. Is that are we That's, the only two? I think, as far as I know, yeah, you're the okay. only Nates. Uh, I don't. I mean, there, I'm sure there's a few Nathans or Nathaniels here and there, but gotcha. not that I can think of. But uh, no, it's not weird for me at all. Oh, like, well, uh, like it, it, I said, that was that was my freshman year. That was a lifetime ago. Still, man, I know what it's. I've like. had several lifetimes since then. since then. I know what that's like too. Different I, phases and different personalities of yourself. I I understand that totally. Well. Dick, thank you so much for coming course, on today. Of course. I'm so glad we got this first one out of the way. We kind of got like a little bit of your musical background and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So like I said, next time you're on The Voice of Survival, we're going to look pretty much exclusively at all your tattoos. I think I'd like to do like inventory of your tattoos <laughs> and picture form for the Instagram. Oh, that'd be awesome. And like collage them so we can like share all your stories. I, I'm certain every tattoo on your body has a really interesting story. It's not just to an like extent, yeah. you didn't just go, yeah, fuck it. I'll just get this. There's a lot of people that do that. Like they go get the Friday the 13th tattoo and mm. they don't really care that much about Friday the 13th, but it's $10. They get the little 13. They're like, <laughs> I'm not, Whoa. I'm not going to say I don't have a tattoo like that. Um, but for the most part, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah. Even the stupid ones have like deep, somewhat deep meaning. Sure. Sure. Uh, sure. I only have like three stupid ones okay. that I that I'm okay with saying like, hey, "Yep, this is stupid." It makes for a great story, <laughs> it does. Though, right? It make it, it makes does. you you. It makes you yourself, which is the the whole point of this. Uh, before we leave, I always open the floor up to my guest. Is there anything we didn't cover in the early interim of this section of your story? You know, I think 
uh, we covered this pretty well. And like I said, there's always next episode. Sure. And I'm like, I'm an open book. I, I have zero issue saying anything about my life. Nothing a secret. Sure. I love so, that. Um, if, if I could, uh, I'd like to ask a favor of, uh, your listeners. Sure. Uh, Hey guys, uh, voice of survival listeners, journey into comic network fans. Uh, I need you guys to just live by a simple code, and that is to make, make every, every day, day a, a big, big dick, dick day. day. <laughs> I don't think we could do that any better. Now I feel like that's got to be the closer. You're going to have to send me that song so that can be the closer for the episode. <laughs> we'll just do it that way. It'll be confusing. Good People old like, pizza face. Podcastrophe. They're not. What? <laughs> We're not on. This is Voice of Survival. I'm so confused. Um <laughs> But as always, folks, check out the Voices Survival on all the different social media sites. Voices Survival on Instagram, Voices Survival Podcast on Twitter, The Voice of Survival Podcast on Facebook. You can get all the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on all the different um, podcasting platforms, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. Guess what? We are now also a part of Spotify. If you want, you can check out the network on Spotify. That's so exciting. It's amazing. It's going <laughs> to open up the door to new listeners because not everybody wants to download a podcasting app. Yeah. But not everybody has iTunes. But almost every single phone in existence can have Spotify. Yep. And it's super easy. You can get your music there. You can get your podcast there. It's great. I've checked it out. I'm a very, very happy that that has happened for us. Um, check out Podcastrophy on the Journey into Comics Network. Get all of Blaine's different stuff on Podcastrophy Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Podcastrophy on Facebook. He's the only real Podcastrophy on Facebook, just so you know. <laughs> You'll see another one, but it's not there. They don't count. Uh, the one with my face. The one with Dick's <laughs> face, yes. Uh, not Dick face, with Dick's face. That's you got to make sure to... It's very confusing. All right, folks, well... Dick, thank you once again thank so much you. for being on. It was a pleasure. Uh, we're gonna t we're gonna sign out how you do. So I want to just make sure to let all my listeners know, as you told them once before, mm -hmm. we need to make sure we make every day a big, big dick, dick day. day. Yeah.